Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is the May 29th, 2015 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard. This is where we discuss news, politics, and like today, sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy objectivism upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peikoff, and I see we have a number of people joining me here in the Blog Talk Radio chat room. Hello, everyone. Um, as you know, if you're a regular listener to this show, I endeavor on a weekly regular basis to give you program notes for the show and for tonight's show, which is entitled America submits to the jihadist veto. You can go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and see the program notes for tonight. It's got stuff on this topic, of course, but also a number of other stories that I'd like to get to as well. And if you want to discuss any of these with me, you can do so right here in the Blog Talk Radio chat room, or you can also call. The number to call is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. And I've just, in the moments before the show started, I'm looking for the latest update on the rally in Arizona. As you may know, there is, I believe, an ex-Marine, kind of a biker guy in Arizona, who had decided that they wanted to have a Draw Muhammad contest combined with a free speech rally right near the location of the mosque in Arizona where the two jihadists who tried to kill the people at the AFDA contest in Garland several weeks ago. Uh, this is a, the mosque that they attended. And so they figured that would be a pretty symbolic thing to do. Um, appearing from the CNN coverage, you know, I was kind of dismayed. I went over to foxnews.com and I did not see coverage of this event like I do over at CNN. And I do kind of wonder what is up with that. As we all have seen in the past several weeks, Fox News is a mixed bag. And I find it surprising that CNN is covering the event, whereas Fox News doesn't seem to be covering it. Perhaps Fox News thinks that if they covered it, they'd have to be more pro 
the rally. And CNN, of course, has no such uh, notions about having to think that they're going to be in favor of the bikers. Instead, the coverage that they have is very sympathetic to the so-called counter-protest by the Muslims. Uh, but as far as I can tell, there was not any violence. Uh, what they had is they had the protest and the counter-protest, and they had a line of police right down the middle. So I'm hoping that you know everything went off without any sort of violence. And I do hope that there are a number of Muslims who actually absorbed the message, which is that here in the United States, we will, at least regular Americans who still you know, themselves embody the American sense of life, they are not going to be intimidated by people who tell them that they must adhere to the rules of their religion, to Sharia law, which says that there are not supposed to be any depictions of Muhammad. Um, there was another error here in the CNN coverage, of course, other, other than taking the wrong side. But um, they said that there was some... What, what is it that that Muslims believe that it is blasphemous or demeaning to have, oh, excuse me, they, uh, they, they consider demeaning depictions of Muhammad to be blasphemous, demeaning depictions of Muhammad. As far as I know, according to the jihadists who are deciding that they're going to go ahead and kill people who draw Muhammad, it is not a demeaning depiction of Muhammad that would get you killed. It is any depiction of Muhammad that is supposed to be blasphemous. There is not supposed to be any depiction of Muhammad demeaning or otherwise. And if you know the cartoon that kind of started all this, it was Bosch Boston's cartoon that won the Garland AFDI event. Um, that cartoon is not demeaning. In, well, I mean, it is demeaning, right? But it's demeaning only because it tells the pure truth, which is that Muhammad prohibits any depictions of him which I think is a demeaning thing to say, right? Because I think it is completely wrong to tell people that they cannot speak their mind, right? Here here in America, our First Amendment embodies the right of freedom of expression. And it is something that we, at least as Americans, mostly hold dear. There are certain parts of the country where they're doing these surveys now and they're saying, oh, you know, let's go ahead and uh, curtail freedom of expression, Let's uh, say that there's really no right to do freedom of speech. Of course, if you're Chris Cuomo from CNN, you actually believe that the First Amendment doesn't protect hate speech, which is completely 100% wrong and false. I once listened to a lecture by Erwin Chemerinsky, and he said that while the U.S. Supreme Court has, I believe erroneously, upheld hate crime laws... Nonetheless, hate speech is perfectly protected by our Constitution. There's also the Westboro Baptist Church case that can speak to that as well. But yeah, Chris Cuomo, he's in another dimension. And there are some people in this country who have been surveyed, you know, in certain, I think, heavily Muslim populated parts of the country where they think, hey, let's go ahead and have some curbs on freedom of expression. But the American sense of life says no. Uh, there is a, a great quotation from Ayn Rand, and she says that defiance not obedience is the Americans' answer to overbearing authority. And it was defiance that I'm sure motivated the rally in Arizona this weekend. Uh, I'm, and it does, like I said, it doesn't sound like there was any violence that actually occurred. Um, 
I know that the Muslims there are trying to use this in their favor. Uh, here's some here's from the CNN article that I pulled up. It says local Muslim leaders say that they won't be intimidated. They're not going to be intimidated. Now, this whole rally is an answer to the idea that it's okay for Muslims to use violence against people who express their views. So they're saying, they, you know, the, the Muslims are trying to turn it around and say that they're the ones who are the, the, you know, the victims in this situation. And all these guys are doing when they went to the rally is they're saying, look, we stand up for freedom of expression. We know that those two jihadists who would kill people for just expressing their views and drawing cartoons, we know that they were taught some of the things that they believed here at this mosque. And we're telling you basically we're on to it. We reject those views. We reject Sharia law and that we're not going to be intimidated. That's what they're saying. But here's what the local Muslim leaders tried to turn the whole thing around to say. And this is uh, Dr. Yasser Sharif, a board member of the Arizona chapter of the Council on American Islamic Relations Care. You know, the unindicted co-conspirators. Co yeah, that's them. <sighs> this is what he says. He says, the Muslim community in America is here to stay. You know he's saying that in a threatening way, right? And we are also well aware of the right to speak our mind and worship how we please, end quote. Uh, what I'm here to say is that if your worshiping how you please involves the infringement of my rights, then no, you do not have the right to worship how you please. And if worshiping means you're going to try to enforce Sharia law on American soil, that is not included in the right to worship as you please. The right to worship as you please uh, embodies also the proviso that you respect the rights of others, that you do not initiate force against an, uh, against other people. And you cannot say, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to be skipping around here a little bit, but if you go to the program notes, there is a CNN commentator. I used to see this guy on Fox News, and I don't know if you see him very much on Fox News anymore, but they're saying he's a CNN commentator. And he, he belongs over at CNN, over at the Communist News Network. It is Mark Lamont Hill. And I used to see him on Red Eye and he used to be, you know, try to be, you know, kind of go along, get along, happy, jolly guy and everything. And, you know, I actually don't know what his beliefs are, but he's very sympathetic to Muslims if he's not Muslim himself. So this is what he actually tweeted and he's trying to get away with this in fact over 1200 people apparently retweeted the very thing that i'm about to read you so let's just tell you you know how many people in this country have the wrong idea he says so a group of people are going to stand outside a mosque toting guns and wearing t-shirts that say f islam how is this not terrorism he's Honestly putting out there and people are retweeting the idea that protesting the fact that people came from this mosque trying to enforce Sharia law on American soil, the fact that they're protesting. And again, if you go to the Facebook page for this protest, it is they have in all caps peaceful. They wanted it to be peaceful, but they wanted to make the point that we as Americans will defy you if you're going to try to enforce Sharia in our country. That's what we're doing. <sighs> Rob Abiera here in the chat room 
is saying that he saw on Twitter someone say that your rights end where my feelings begin, end quote. Now, apparently that's not true according to our Supreme Court, at least not right now. Maybe you'd like to change that. But in this country, you know, we have the old saying, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. What, whatever happened to that? People don't say it anymore. I, I just don't know. Um, also in the, in the chat room, people are reminding me about more from Chris Cuomo, which we really should get back to over here. I have at the top of the program notes over at don'tletitgo.com, I have an actually gateway pundit, as much as I like them today because they had some good coverage, uh, is annoying because they wouldn't let me do the back in my browser and get back to my program notes here. But at the very top of the program notes, I have the YouTube video of Chris Cuomo doing a one-on-one -on -one with Pamela Geller. And Pamela Geller was so excellent in this clip. But what I want to do is I want to play you the little portion of it where, yes, Chris Cuomo of CNN actually compares drawing Muhammad to using the N-word. Let's listen to that. Let me go ahead and cue it up here in a second. It's about the four-minute mark or so in the clip. Let's see what we got here. The N-word gets treated the same way that depictions of Muhammad does. Nonsense. We don't say it because it's offensive. Now, let me let me put it back a little. So here we go. It's about whether it is right or not. The N-word gets treated the same way that depictions of Muhammad does. Nonsense. We don't say it because it's offensive. Not because legally I can't. You are adhering to Islamic law. It's not really an the explicit part of Sharia law. Offensive. Since when are you sensitive to being offensive? The things you say about me are hateful and bigoted. The what have I said, said about, about you that is hateful and bigoted? The things that the media says about the, ra the, 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 the calling the Tea Party racist is offensive. Since when do you care about being offensive? There's a you big are difference to between the criticizing something and saying something that you know is ultimately offensive. Let's stick with the N-word analogy. No, we I don't use stick it, with it because you don't like it. It's not analogous. It's inconvenient. It's How is not, it not? It's not. It's a cartoon. Cartoon is political opinion. It's offensive to a group you're of people. You're talking. It's a, it, it violates Islamic law. That's what you're it doing. It is not you explicitly in Sharia the, law. It is a cultural adaptation, and it is real. But it's not I like. I encourage it's, all it's, of your viewers yes. to go to PamelaGella.com and look at the cartoon, and you'll see what Chris is comparing to the N word. It's outrageous. It's a dishonest. Uh, it's a dishonest narrative, and I am not going to debate. Wait, why do the people come dishonesty. and attack you? Why do people say it's offensive? Why do they not do it? They're, they say culturally they, they believe no, you don't do this. No, they're trying to this. impose the Sharia. And you're adhering it's to it. It's not in just Sharia. It's it not is. the way it is. That's exactly what it's it is. It's that we see it as being offensive. That's why we don't you're, use any derisive comments about people. I'm not a Muslim. I don't adhere to Sharia law. I don't see it as being offensive. Many of the anti- And that's why you have the right to do it. But don't say that just because you have the right to do it, that means it's going to be inoffensive to all who see it and that there's no price that comes along offensive with saying it. Offensive speech is the most protected speech under the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects ideas we don't like. No one says you don't not have the ideas, right. Not ideas that we like, because that's easy, but ideas that we don't like, because who would decide what's but good? Nobody and, says would, you can't Chris, do it. Who would decide what's good and what's forbidden? 
the jihadists. But here's the thing. I didn't make the cartoons of Flash. I understand that. The jihadists well, made it a Flash. That's debatable. You that's are debatable. You are submitting. I will not submit. Submission is slavery. I will not live as a slave. That is what you I are understand asking that. me to do. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. It's yes. about understanding the price of what you do. You want to put the cartoon up. You say, I'm doing this because I should be able to be what I want to be to be free. However, you don't extend that to Islam. Not about the cartoons. You were very active in stopping them from having a place of worship by ground zero. You said, I don't want them. So he changes the subject and he basically mischaracterizes what the entire cartoon is. There is no analogy between using the N-word and the cartoon that Bosch Faustin drew. There is absolutely no purpose, no valid purpose to using the N-word. The N-word, there are other words that you can use to express the same meaning and the only purpose in choosing to use the N-word over any other word is to offend somebody. Whereas the cartoon that Bosch Faustin drew, and again, you can go to Pamela Geller's website. She's got it posted on many of her different blog posts over there. She is doing a bang-up job. I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't say that because she's not causing, but um, she is doing a great job getting the message out there that this cartoon needs to be spread and seen and shown because the media will not show it. You need to go check it out. But what does the cartoon do? The cartoon says, basically, you have a depiction of Muhammad and Muhammad is saying, you can't draw me. And the artist's hand is, you can see the artist's hand drawing him. And then you see the word balloon, you know, pointing back to the artist, which you can tell from the placement of the hand. And he's saying, that's why I draw you. So the cartoon it's, you know, not vulgar, not offensive. It makes a political point, which is that here in United States, we will not submit to Sharia law imposition. And Geller, again, I, I encourage you to watch the whole uh, debate because she does very, very well there. But she goes on to say, if you say, okay, you're not going to draw the cartoon because they find it offensive. Well, then what's next and what's next and what's next? I mean, you wear the wrong thing walking down the street and Muslims find that offensive. So we're going to have a new dress code. You know, all of these things she points out and, and she is right. We need to draw the line. And especially, I mean, this is a perfect place to draw the line because freedom of expression is a core value it, and it is probably one of the most important values in our country you know if not in terms of the you know the most important right rand always talked about the fact that if you lost the ability to have freedom of expression in our country if there was government imposed censorship which we're on the board of now anyway if there was government imposed censorship you could no longer use persuasion to persuade your fellow man and improve the nature of our government. Right now, we are already sliding dangerously towards totalitarianism. And if we give up the principle of freedom of expression, we're just going to hasten the dissent. So this is a great place to take a stand. And it is really, really shocking that the media and everybody else this week seems to be giving up to what I'm calling the jihadist veto, but it's been called the assassin's veto uh, by both Robert Spencer and Pamela Geller repeatedly as they're, as they're going out and getting their message spread. But Pamela is great in uh, standing up to him. Also, if you want to see the really devious, dishonest media, you can go over to her blog and check out and compare the uncut uh, you know, surreptitiously taken video 
of her interaction with a Reuters journalist and then show and then look at what they actually ended up showing on television. It's going to remind you of what happened to Bosch Faustin when he went on the Daily Show. Uh, of course, uh, I don't think Bosch has any, you know, video of the uncut version. But, you know, you go to a set and you spend hours with those people at the Daily Show. And then there's like a five-minute segment where they carefully excerpt and edit to make you look as bad as they possibly can. And this is the kind of stuff they've been doing to Geller. You know, how is it, you know, where... They go to Garland, they could have gotten killed, and then coming out of it, they're the ones who are being blamed and attacked in most of the media. Not all the media, but most of the media. And this week, we've got the biggest kind of succumbing to the jihadist veto yet in the news, and it is the D.C. area Metropolitan Transit Authority that has decided that rather than, you know, go ahead and take an ad that Pamela Geller has been trying to place, she she wanted to go ahead and purchase an ad to be put on DC buses and train stations. And the ad would depict the winning cartoon and then across the bottom of it would say support free speech. The Mass Transit Authority decided that instead of allowing that ad to be placed, they would rather ban all issue-oriented ads for the remainder of the year than actually accept that cartoon. They have decided that because some people, irrational people who have no right to do this, threaten violence because some people will do this, then they're going to go ahead and forego all the revenue that would come in from the issue-oriented ads and just I guess what do commercial ads for the rest of the year? I mean, it, it is really sad and pathetic that they went ahead and did this. Luckily, there are some people who are uh, speaking out against what they've done, but you know, I, it, it to me, it's just cowardly what they're doing. And Pamela has been faced with this uh, with respect to other authorities, similar authorities in different cities before, you know, there, there's something in the First Amendment where they call uh, opening a limited public forum. And so the idea is, is that if the, you know, mass transit authority accepts issue-oriented ads of any kind, then they're not able to reject an ad if the rejection would cons uh, consist of viewpoint discrimination. So they'd say, okay, well, they'll allow, you know, this kind of anti-Israel ad, but they're not going to allow, you know, Pamela Geller's pro, you know, free speech Muhammad cartoon ad. If they do that, that's called viewpoint discrimination. And so in order to avoid committing unconstitutional viewpoint discrimination, because again, this is a government entity, right? So they're not allowed to do viewpoint discrimination. In order to avoid that, they'd rather get rid of an entire category of speech and say, yes, okay, we have a limited public forum, but the limited public forum is now only for commercial speech, not for issue-oriented speech. So that's the decision that the Mass Transit Authority cowardly made. They are not you know, evincing the American sense of life. They are not deciding to defy this would-be overbearing authority, this Sharia-enforcing 
band of, you know, misfit jihadists out there. I do have a phone call. I'm going to go ahead and pick up here. Thanks to all of you who are also participating here in the chat room. Hi, who's this? Hi, Amy. It's Debbie. Hi, Debbie. So what do you think of this mass transit authority just saying, forget it. We're going to forego the revenue for all issue-oriented ads for the rest of the year rather than place Pamela Geller's ad? Well, it, it actually makes a lot of sense to me because if Washington, D.C. and our political, uh, well, I can't call them leaders, but political entities were acting properly and if they were not on the side of the jihadists, it wouldn't be necessary to post that drawing in the first place because we right. would have a rational foreign policy and we could smash these jihadists and end their movement in like a, a week or you know some some it would be ridiculously easy so you know it just highlights the fact that the real enemy the, the real enemy because they make the other ones possible is the the intellectuals and the political um, rulers, or whatever you want to call them, who are currently in power. So I was disgusted, but not the slightest bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, I figured that they would probably try to do something like this. And it was interesting, I tweeted out, you know, I have this old blog post over my blog, and it was called Liberals 10 Commandments Post 9-11. And I talk about in that post, and you can go to don'tletitgo.com and you can find it there. Um, even if you just Google liberals 10 commandments post 9-11, I think you'll find that. It was a post that really went viral for my blog years ago. But the first of those 10 is free speech. And liberals, you know, traditionally stand up for freedom of expression and they're all for the piss Christ and they're all for burning flags and all these things, you know, they want to go ahead and traipse all over things that people find sacred, perhaps even an entire nation finds sacred, like our flag, that's fine. But if it has anything to do with offending Muslims, that's terrible. And I mean, it is either this idea of you know, hatred of the good for being the good, so to speak, or it's done out of fear. But either way, it is completely wrong. And it's only going to make, you know, the situation in, in our country worse. It's it's really pathetic. But the cool thing is, so I send this out, right? And I actually tweeted it. And I put the little tag, which is, um, I actually forget what the what what the tag was for the, you know, the transit authority in Washington. But there's a, a tag that people were using on Twitter today. And I went ahead and used it. And sure enough, the Washington Mass Transit Authority visited the blog and read Liberals' Ten Commandments post 9-11. So I hope they learned something, you know. Yeah, it'd be nice to actually have them do that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that they did get a little bit of education out there, and they know that there are a number of people who disapprove, and they know what these guys are doing. Um, the best reaction that I saw to this today was by Eugene Volokh. If you remember, Eugene Volokh did that awesome appearance on on Megyn Kelly, where he described, you know, the Garland event as being exactly the right kind of thing that needs to be done right now. So he went ahead and criticized what the Mass Transit Authority did here, and you know, he describes the cartoon and all this. But he um, 
he ends up quoting the representative of the Mass Transit Authority. Um, and, you know, of course, he also stands up for the cartoon. He says, you know, it's hard to characterize the cartoon as a speech derogatory of Muslims in general as a people. He says, rather, it's a criticism of a particular belief, the belief that no one is allowed to draw Muhammad on pain of punishment by the sword. Indeed, he says, it is prescient criticism given the juxtaposition of the ad and the metro system's response to it. He says, as, as artistic statements go, this one is spot on. Now, it's funny because in earlier writing, I think he criticized the cartoon as being a little bit too tame. And, you know, he, he sort of likes the Charlie Hebdo ones better, but whatever. Um, but then he says, you know, the, the reason for restricting it, he says, seems likely to be either a general con condemnation of blasphemy or specific fear that speech that offends extremist Muslims is too dangerous for American transport agencies to display. And um, apparently a former D.C. council member, Jim Graham, who ser served 12 years as a member of the Metro Systems Board of Directors, told U.S. News this. He says he instinctively supports people's freedom to advertise controversial messages. But he says the current board members are, quote, obviously in a bind because we know what happens when you criticize Muhammad. We know how some people react to that. I don't think we ever had a situation in the past where someone threatened to blow up a bus, end quote. Uh, wow. he says he's not, yeah, yeah. Now, this is a guy, you know, who isn't currently on the authority and he's more speaking off the record. Um, there's a Washington Post story that reports, you know, he says, he says, uh, he says, my view is that you put the ad up on the side of the bus, you turn that bus into a terrorism target, says a top Metro official, speaking on the condition of anonymity because the agency anticipates being sued over the ban. He says, yeah, yeah. Um, he says, I think there's a potential threat and a danger if we were to accept that ad. And this is a Metro board member, Michael Goldman. He said this, better to be safe than sorry. I mean, this is the nation's capital. If anything is going to happen, it's probably going to happen here. And Eugene says that he, and I'm just quoting from him here, he says, I sympathize with the Metro officials. They have their responsibilities, he says, but the consequence is obvious. We have come to the point as Americans that, quote, you know, we know what happens when you criticize Muhammad, how some people react. And he says, and therefore, the thugs get to veto what images get displayed in public places. And he says, yes, the danger of attack is potentially present in all public places, not just buses, but university campuses, bookstores, pretty much anywhere. He says, our birthright as Americans is being slowly blocked by institution after institution because of the reaction, individually reasonable as it might seem, to those who are willing to use violence to suppress speech they dislike. Um, and he says, there's little reason to think that a thug's veto would stop with this speech. He says, behavior that is rewarded is repeated and broadened. So now everyone, if you want to, you know, suppress speech, all you got to do is threaten some people and you're learning that it's going to go ahead and pay off. Um, and he says, he th and this is how he finishes. He says, I think accepting this will ultimately prove the sorry outcome, not the safe one uh, in any but the narrowest senses of safety. And that is Eugene Vogg. So he was excellent on this issue, but he is one of the few principled, outspoken people. And of course, over at the blog, you know, the Vogue conspiracy blog at Washington Post, he has repeatedly posted the cartoon itself. So he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk, so to speak. So that makes you feel a little better, Debbie? It 
does. And I actually, uh, I kind of like that type of criticism of the drawing of Muhammad, that it's not offensive enough. <laughs> That's the kind of criticism of a drawing like that that I don't mind hearing at all. <laughs> no, no, uh -huh. no. And I mean, you know, and, and he hasn't done that here. I mean, here he's saying it is the perfect artistic expression, which, I mean, it really is in terms of embodying the core issue in a drawing. It's, it's so funny because... Um, Somebody posted something out there. I forget if it was on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you know, they had a, a draw Muhammad contest in Arizona. And I don't know if this was done for that contest. I think it was, though. And it was very similar in theme. You know, it was like someone was drawing Muhammad and Muhammad was saying something. I can't remember exactly. It was like, um, wasn't that done already? It's already been done. You guys are copycats. But, you know, it was it was just really an excellent idea that he had there. So that was good to see. Another piece that was really great to see, by the way, um, Megan Kelly had, I can't remember his name, but um, an editor from NRO on and uh, National Review in their print edition printed the cartoon. So they did it. And then of course, online, they've had it as well. So they are also uh, in the minority of people who are standing on principle, who are embodying the American sense of life by defying those who would impose Sharia on us. And, and so we have seen some people, but you know, the, none of the major television news media, not anybody on Fox has done it on the air. There has been a challenge issued to Greg Gutfeld. He's got his own show starting this Sunday and he's, you know, trying to make a big splash. Of course, the way that he can make the biggest splash is to be the only Fox show, or in fact, the only show on a major television news network who would actually show the cartoon instead of just talking about the cartoon. If he actually showed it, that would make a huge splash. Of course, I don't know, you know, Fox has not shown it at all. So maybe it would get him fired. I'm not sure. But um, they, they need to start explaining why they are themselves basically imposing Sharia on themselves over at Fox News. But um, listen to this. This is a wonderful headline over at Daily Caller. It says that the DC uh, Metro, of course, they have a huge depiction of, of the cartoon over there. So kudos to them. It says the DC Metro is worried about not all Muslims. <laughs> and they have like like the hashtag with all the words, you know, slurred together, not all Muslims. You, you've heard yeah. that before, right? You know, not all Muslims are violent. Well, of course we know not all Muslims are violent. That's not the point. Most Muslims who are here in the United States, in fact, wouldn't care very much about drawing the Muhammad cartoon. I really think that they would just like to, you know, let this go. But the problem is, is that most Muslims are also not firmly standing up on the side of free speech against those who would try to violently enforce Sharia on us. So that's what we really needed. But this is this is Jim Treacher, and he's got quite a sense of humor. The DC Metro is worried about not all Muslims. He says, Islam is the religion of peace. That is why the DC Metro is afraid that a Muslim will start killing people if he sees a depiction of Muhammad. <laughs> you know, and again, remember that CNN tried to characterize the issue as a demeaning depiction of Muhammad. No, it is not merely demeaning depictions of Muhammad that will get you either killed or threatened to be killed, targeted. Uh, it is any depiction. So go over, you know, 
Bosch Faustin's blog, go here to the Daily Caller. I've got the link to the article at, at uh, you know, don'tletitgo.com. If you have not seen the cartoon, look at the cartoon that everyone is supposedly thinking is so offensive. It's just making a simple point, you know. He says, Islamic terrorism is nothing to worry about. This is Treacher again. He says, that is, as long as you don't do or say anything that might provoke a Muslim, just do as you're told and nobody will get hurt. And then he's got, I believe, the quotation from Muhammad Atta about, you know, oh, just, you know, everybody sit still and don't say anything and you won't get hurt, et cetera. And we know how that turned out on, on 9-11. Mm-hmm. So... What what do you think though about the the Arizona protest idea? I think it's a great idea. I was I was fuming this morning because I uh, heard the way that it was being portrayed and in articles and on TV and uh, like they're just when I googled it, mo- the majority I would say of the headlines said something to the effect of armed biker gang rallies outside mosque, you know, something like to make it sound, to make it easily, um, someone could easily interpret it if they only read the headline as an act of aggression. Right. The exact opposite of what it is. What it is is a peaceful protest against an act of aggression, and the reason they're armed is so that, because they have a, every reason to expect that they're going to need to defend themselves. Well, and in, in fact, in fact, did you hear that they were explicitly threatened on Twitter? Well, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, but I'm not surprised that that's not something that's being talked about. Instead, these guys are being talked about as though they were terrorists and these are just innocent victims who are in this mosque that puts out killers. Um, so. <laughs> I, you know, in a proper society, right, our government would say, okay, look at this mosque. As I understand it from reading articles before, there have been five different, uh, you know, jihadists who have been turned out from this mosque. You know, this mosque has kind of cranked them out. So that's a, that's an awfully high rate of, of return, so to speak. And so you start to wonder what goes on in this mosque, what's being taught there? How is it that these Muslims who attend this mosque seem to be much more susceptible to the lure, the attraction of aligning yourself with ISIS and the jihadist movement. Um, you know, wouldn't you think you'd, you'd be in there? Maybe maybe you'd shut it down for an investigation or you'd do something. But instead, oh, no, oh, no, they're going to rest on, you know, freedom of, uh, you know, practicing your religion and you know, forget the whole idea that they are they are turning out people who want to enforce Sharia against us uh, using violent means. But listen to this. This, I mean, Deborah, you're not even going to believe what someone did. So the guy who was the organizer of the protest, his name is uh, John Ritzheimer, and you can see you know pictures of him around. He actually went on some of the news media and did interviews and things like that. Somebody dug up his home address. And po- and posted it out on Twitter. Gee, I wonder what religion those people who did this belong to. They post his home address on Twitter and basically are saying, you know, go get him. Right? Oh, my God. That's almost like, that's almost an incitement to violence. 
Well, it is. And and in fact, as far as I know, the accounts that did post this out there got taken down by, you know, by Twitter fairly shortly. But there are some screen grabs. If you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, I link to a Gateway Pundit story where they show you the screen grabs of these tweets. And then there's uh, one account, they call it Dalatil Islam. Um, I'm sure this means something, you know, uh, with respect to the religion or something. But he says, warning, if you love your children, don't bring them in the event today. Uh, they, they will spill blood in the event. Muhammad S.A.W. drawings. Uh, whoever love her or his child, don't take them in the event. We promise you we will drink your blood. Oh, on and on and on. Oh, yeah. So they had threats. Um they put this guy's address out there on Twitter, urging people to go do things to him. And, you know, if he has a family, as his family, I guess this is I mean, they have reason to be armed when they go to this place because they were threatened. And, you know, again, if you go to the actual page for the event, it's a peaceful protest. It's in reaction to Garland, et cetera. I think I've got. Uh, Bosch Boston calling in on the other line. Let me go ahead and patch him in also with you here, Debbie. Is this Bosch? Yep. Hi. So, so welcome. So, so we were talking about your cartoon. I don't know how much of it you got to hear, but Eugene Volek said really wonderful things about your cartoon today. He's kind of changed his tune, right? Because wasn't he before? Yeah, no, he redeemed himself. (laughs) He definitely redeemed himself. Good for him. And then, did you find did you did did you find out um, who won the Arizona Draw Muhammad no, contest? Did no, they have a better they'll cartoon? Clearly, they'll clearly have it tomorrow, you know, or or tonight. Someone will post it, which is cool. I'll definitely share it myself. I mean, right. great, you know. But by the way, I've been I've been a little more strident. I gotta say, post Garland, and so I just tweeted something. I said, um, I'm too sophisticated to say F U C K Islam. You know? mm. I said, I'm too sophisticated. And people said, I'm not. So they said it. <laughs> my point was, I, I belied my first thing with the end. You know? It's like my Islam is lied. <laughs> right. I'm not. And it's like, oh, guys, guys. Anyway, I think it's funny. <laughs> By the way, yesterday, uh, uh, this, this piece of crap named uh, Max Blumenthal, who's the son of uh, Sid, quote, unquote, vicious Blumenthal, who's uh, basically an ally of uh, Hillary Clinton and this guy also, this guy helped, quote, unquote, craft the big Benghazi lie. This guy, Max Blumenthal. So on Twitter, uh, this one guy uh, reminded people about this one old uh, drawing that I did for, for him. And, and uh, it, was, it was a soldier, and the, the words were, uh, yes, we can kill our way to victory. You know, a soldier with a smoking uh, rifle. And right. This and this, and this told, graphic, this graphic, Bosch, didn't it? A company, an article over at Breitbart's right. uh, big government site, right? Yes, yes. And and so yes. so the art the article explained the graphic like what he meant. It's yes. not like you're just going to kill some random people. You of no, course you are know, going to like today. Who would you kill? You would kill as many ISIS members as you could, absolutely. right? Absolutely, every single yeah. last one. Every single last one. And that's the thing. And but but this guy, uh, this one Muslim who's uh, Mr. Anti-Islamophobe, he has a website and all that. He's basically and, and the word is that he's in with some bad guys naturally. So this guy forwards my cartoon to him as if to say, hey, if you if you think his Muhammad cartoon is bad, look, look what he does here also. So I wrote him back. I said, uh, 
you know, <laughs> something like, I'm proud of that cartoon, you know what I mean? And, right. And uh, something else, I said, I said something else, and people were responding, I forgot what I said. I said, hey, Max, check out this other cartoon I did, Islam's Favorite Infidel, which is uh, Hitler with uh, Islam across his mustache. Right. Just to show, I am proud of my work. I don't hide it. You don't have you don't have to go on my blog and pick something out. I'm like, ooh, I'm embarrassed about that. I'm not at all. I share everything I do. It's all out there. My work, that is, you know. Right. Um, but anyway, so just things like that. So this guy did that, and um, well, I mean, he was he own. was basically, as far as I could tell, I mean, yeah, you know, totally. he he wasn't he wasn't putting your he home address out there, but he was like saying, "Hey, look, go get this guy. Yeah. Don't forget to yeah. target him." You know. Yeah, yeah. check out his work. Right. He's really out there. Mm -hmm. He wants to kill you all. You know, because I mean, cartoons kill you. You know that, right? I mean, I mean, we yeah. we all know that, right? By the way, this one guy said something about um, uh, about bombing uh, areas. Wait one second. I'm sorry. Just I'll find it one second. Sorry. Okay. This guy writes this. He writes um, Madrid trains and London buses without Bosch Falls and cartoons were blown up by jihadists. Right. You know, car he goes cartoons don't cause violence. You mean there violence. wasn't a cartoon, cartoon on it, and no. they blew it up? How is that possible? Right? I don't know. I mean, it's unbelievable because it, it, you know that's what it's about, right? Cartoons, right? Because not not eleven. There was a big Muhammad cartoon on the Twin Towers. And they, and they flew buildings right into it. That's the only reason why. You know, today now, it's called. Um, Bosch, I have, I, have, I have a question for you. Uh, Freedom Breeze over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio writes that Jamie Glassoff has not shown your cartoon. Is that true? I looked at front page. And I looked at the stories they, they had of Garland. I didn't see it. Now, I'd love to be proven wrong because I know that they've been great supporters. I used to, I used to work for them at Front Page right. Magazine. I haven't seen it. So, yeah. and, and by the way, Avalik did show the cartoon twice. Today, oh yeah. And also, the uh, the day after the uh, attack, so uh, Washington Post, whatever you know, Mark Levin smeared the Washington Post, the Washington Top Post, and all that. In a lot of ways, it is. They showed the cartoon twice. How many times have you shared it, Mark Levin? Never. Exactly. Never. Exactly. So it's like, come on, you can't call them out and not do what they would do. It's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, I it, you know Eugene must have a really good position there, as I understand it. Isn't um, Bezos? I think from Amazon yeah. is now yeah. the main owner of the Washington Post, yes. and so, so then he brought the Vala conspiracy leanings. blog in there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? he must have some. He must have some libertarian leanings. He must have because you wouldn't bring Vala on there. If, if well, he and, he, and he's also very entrepreneurial because remember he's the guy exactly. who wanted to bring in the drone delivery yeah. until uh, the FCC decides. Whatever, his, or not the FCC, the FAA shut him down. Whatever his conscious political beliefs are, he's a, he's a capitalist, right? So he yeah. has to be sympathetic to to certain ideas. He has to be by nature. So, so Debbie, ever since you called in, I talked at you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you must have you had other things to say and I and I cut you off. Yes. Well, it's fine. Um, I just mostly wanted to uh, to discuss the issue in general, but but also uh, I did have. I think I know why people are saying lately that it's offensive pictures of Muhammad that are um, forbidden and not. Just any picture of Muhammad. I saw yeah, like like de demeaning pictures, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, demeaning. That's 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 the word that they've been using. But um, there was an interview I saw with this imam and Jim Chowdhury, and yeah. he oh, was yeah. he was 
explaining to Tom Trento that, um, oh no, that's a mischaracterization. You won't be killed for drawing any picture of Muhammad. You'll only be killed for drawing demeaning pictures. If you just draw uh-huh. Muhammad, but if it's in a complimentary way, all that'll happen is that you'll be you'll be lashed. <laughs> you'll, you'll, oh. You'll, oh, just lash. You'll get a, you'll get a friendly <laughs> lashing, and you'll have to pay a big financial, you know, a monetary penalty. Um, but that's all. So we can we can all rest easy because that's that's. That's not so bad, right? It's, so it's so okay. it's it's still it's still initiation of force. It's still pain. It's still stealing your money. But 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 you second. won't be killed. So that's like I enlightened. Chaudhry, I think Chaudhry pulled that out of his butt because the fact <laughs> is, I really really do. I think he's a uh, he knows his stuff, but then he's also a BSer because the fact is, uh, Islam really pretends that they are against idolatry. They are absolute idolaters, Muslims. They idolize Muhammad and Allah, and, and they idolize them, but they, will, they are, have a very vested interest in denying that. And that's why, you know, they don't want any drawings of him, good or bad. And then, but historically speaking, they have had a ton of Muhammad drawings and paintings over, over the centuries, in particular the Shiites. So it's, it is so convoluted. There is no rule, but the fact is, in particular, in particular, infidels draw Muhammad. That is, that is beyond the pill, in particular. You know, I, I like I like that Chowdhury had to kind of retreat to yeah. this position because he knows, you know, if he's talking to American media, that most American Muslims or people that call themselves Muslims, that they themselves would not be in favor of any sort of penalty for drawing Muhammad or even, you know, offensive depictions of Muhammad, they would say, okay, I don't like it. It's horrible. You know, it, it uh, hurts my feelings or whatever, but they wouldn't say that you should actually have physical penalties for this. And and, no, but he knows that, but right, right. But listen to this, right? So then basically your cartoon, which is not an offensive or demeaning depiction. It's a cartoon that just makes a single political point, it which is that we should be allowed to it, right? It talks about, yeah, yeah. It talks about the prohibition about Joe Muhammad, period. But, but, but basically, the fact that, you know, all these news media are saying it's offensive, right? And yeah, that they're right. not showing it, they're not showing it, quote, it's because it's offensive. It, it, it kind of allows this belief out there that it is an offensive yeah. cartoon. So again, if, if you know, so. anybody happens to be listening to this, I don't imagine that anybody who listens to my show has not seen this cartoon, but you need to go see the cartoon for yourself to see that it is not yeah. at all offensive. Uh, the only people who I guess are going to say they find it offensive is if you actually think that this is a, uh, you know, a, a you know, depicting an unattractive characteristic of Muhammad, which is that he prohibits you drawing him, <laughs> right? If you if you think that you know depicting that is demeaning to Muhammad, then actually you're on board with us. So also, you know, if you think, it, it's, it's kind of a weird. If you hmm? think a Hitler mustache is offensive, then fine. But Muslims are raised to you know idolize Hitler, so to Muslims it won't even be offensive. But also one thing, when they say it's offensive, and so what? When they say Muslims are offended, so what? Right. We are at war. It's like Germans are offended at us. World War II, ooh, we can't, you know, we can't do that. The Japanese are offended at us. Who cares? Well, and we then, and then re- repeat the point that you made, Bosch, about, you know, I mean, do you, do you like drawing Muhammad? Absolutely not. 
I never ever cared to, I never wanted to, I never set out to, until the Danish cartoonists were threatened. That's when I said, oh, okay, I'm going to draw Muhammad. It's like this, when, 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 when the MTA, when the other organizations, when they, when they say basically that they're terrified, basically they have allowed jihad terrorism to trump them, mm-hmm. to stop them cold. They, they are respecting their fear in an undue way, which is almost, it's just ridiculous. The fact is, I don't want to be killed. But the fact is, when I'm threatened with death to draw, you know, if I draw something, I'm going to draw that thing. Fear or not, it's the moral thing to do. It's the American thing to do. We are at war, and no one keeps, no one is talking about this context. You have to keep saying it again and again. In, in, in a talk at Garland, I said, we are at war. This is why. I mean, this is, I said, why, why do we have this kind, this kind of security? Why? Because Islam does not mean peace. And the most devout Muslims sure as hell don't mean peace. But, but, but what I'm saying is it's like, I draw Muhammad because I'm being threatened. Not, right. I won't draw him because I'm being threatened. I draw him because I'm being threatened. That's the whole point. I never set well, up. And that, and that's the really the only Muhammad. time that's, it's the only time that it's really necessary yeah. to do it. I mean, you know, people, atheists like us, we find it pretty distasteful to look at a pissed Christ, right? You know, it's 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 not like by we're way, in the way, Spanish way, Inquisition. Way, you know. Sorry, one second. I just did a new Muhammad drawing. It's called Piss Muhammad. I sent it to the NEA. I wonder if they're gonna promote it and support it and uh, have it like. Yeah, fund it, right? They better cut you a check for that. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, they're they're gonna back me up, right? Put a lot of money there. Have prints of it all over the country, right? Piss they Muhammad should. Is, it's called. It's like a it's it's a yellow drawing of Muhammad. I call it Piss Muhammad. What do you think? <laughs> You could just take the cartoon that you already did. You wouldn't even have to draw <laughs> Muhammad again, which is, I'm sure, is a distasteful task. Um, and you could just I mean, put it in Photoshop and, you know, tint it yellow or something, right? I've drawn, I've drawn him, man, maybe two dozen times now. And I really, I do tend to draw him when, you know, when the uh, everybody draw Muhammad Day, I do tend to do that also after a particular atrocity. When the scum kill us again, like in Charlie Hebdo, I drew him again, if not twice, maybe that week. This is right. what you do uh, in solidarity with civilization, with those who are, you know, expressing the freedom of speech. Right. And uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't know, but you look at Charlie Hebdo, right? We supported Charlie Hebdo in this country. We did. Uh, they have not said, je suis Pamela, je suis Bosch, je suis Robert, uh, here. They have not said that, Charlie Hebdo. I'm, I'll never hear from them. And that's just the way they are because... And they were celebrated because, first of all, they're, they're French, they're liberals, and a lot of them were murdered. Meaning, right, the and that's the thing. Murdered if, on if, Garland if, yeah, the yeah. Country. If you weren't, if you weren't killed, if you were just like shot at, then, then you know, that, that somehow, somehow that doesn't count. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Any support? It's exactly the same principle, and people don't even get it. You know, uh, well, so it's a day of sacrifice. Also, yeah, okay. No, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say there's um there is a privacy related story that I want to discuss, heaven forbid, but it actually has an intersection with this topic of of terrorism and cool. you know safety here domestically, and that is this you know the Senate has blocked any extension of the so-called Patriot Act, and we call it so-called okay. because I don't think any real right. patriot would be in favor of all this stuff. Apparently, there's maybe. A, 
some element of a program in there that is not based on bulk data collection that is based on particularized suspicion and that is not going to be extended as well but you know that what everyone is opposed to those who are blocking the extension of this is they are opposed to bulk data collection because that is again this is a a principle that is at the founding of our country is the idea that if there's going to be searches and seizures of information that it's going to be based on probable cause and particularized suspicion i.e get a warrant and so in this country we're just against this now they are apparently this weekend going to have a big showdown and it has parallels to the budget showdowns, remember, that they've had before, right? So, you know, in the past, there's always, you know, is there going to be a raising of the debt ceiling or are they going to pass the new budget in time or is there going to be a government shutdown? And this is almost the same thing, I guess, from the perspective of Obama, right. because Obama is going to lose all his toys as of Sunday unless they pass some extension of this and apparently he's not very happy about it. So, you know, let's kind of play through, you know, what happened before when there was a budget showdown, right? What, what did they do when they actually shut down the government? What did Obama try to do? He tried to punish the, what he perceived to be conservative allied people using government resources. So for example, all of these military veterans were going to certain monuments in Washington, D.C. to commemorate anniversaries of certain events and things like this. This is the sort of thing that he will shut down first using whatever discretion he has in order to punish those who oppose him being able to have a blank check and spend as much as he damn well pleases, right? So what is happening here, right? Um, Obama is out there warning that the NSA's anti-terrorism tools are going to expire, right? Um, it says, President, President Barack Obama's, I've got this article from Bloomberg. It says, President Barack Obama's administration warns that failing to renew the spying measures will put the U.S. at risk for terrorist attacks. So listen to this, right? Whereas right. the, pro, for, first of all, it's already been out there in the media, and, you know, if you have a memory longer than two seconds, because this is like two weeks ago, then you can remember the story that came out that said the FBI has admitted that the bulk metadata collection program has not yielded anything in terms of terrorist right. prevention. Okay. Right. How much do you want to bet that Barack Obama, if he doesn't get his toys renewed in the Patriot Act, right? that he is going to deliberately not use the proper counterterrorism tools available to him in order to prevent harm to American citizens, which is job one for him. And he's going to do it simply to punish people like Rand Paul and other good Republicans and all the, you know, whoever it is, who is who are not letting him keep his toys. And I mean, it, it it's going to be the same thing that, Chris Christie did, right? Remember Chris Christie yep. punished a whole right. bunch of people with traffic when they when things Absolutely. didn't go his way? Absolutely right. He's going to punish people who oppose NSA bulk metadata collection by deliberately not using the effective counterterrorism tools that he has and still will have, 
I bet you he's going to do this. And he he's going to deliberately make it. us less safe. And then he's going to go, see, I told you so, because you didn't renew the Patriot Act. Absolutely right. Debbie, do you think yeah, I'm right? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he did that. And, and the thing that's him. really scary is that we would need to have a successful terrorist attack in order for that to be visible. So, um, but still, even then, I, I can see him doing something like that, allowing something to happen, and then blaming it on the Republicans. That's, that's really yep. chilling to consider, but I, I don't think you're wrong. That's that's unfortunately where I think things are going, and it is really sad. My only hope is that the people who actually staff all of the agencies, you know, military and civilian, and or not really civilian, but, you know, federal uh, bureaucracies, you know, FBI, CIA, and all the intelligence agencies, plus the military, that these people will still take job one uh, seriously, that they're not going to, you know, if he tries to say, hey, you know, let's look the other way this weekend or, you know, let's have, you know, these new rules because of the the Patriot Act and let's not do X, Y, and Z. I hope that they will not listen. I hope that there will be whistleblowers if he tries to do this because there is a big difference in my mind between, you know, not opening a particular memorial in Washington, D.C. And then on the other hand saying, oh, gee, did you get hit by a terrorist attack? I guess that's because you didn't let me keep my toys. <sighs> but that, no, but that, that will be the result. This is the situation that he's building. Right. And, oh, and, well, and then, and then the other thing he's saying, he's saying, okay, well, you don't want the Patriot Act? Then go ahead and pass this so-called USA Freedom Act, which is going also, to entrench the idea of the, you know, the phone companies doing the same thing that the... NSA was listen doing and, and, and try to put it in statute. Sorry. Listen to Patriot Act, Freedom Act. Listen to these terms. Oh, yes. Is it really called I mean, the USA Freedom Act? USA Freedom Act is that new one, you know, that Amash has been criticizing. And the reason is, is that what, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's basically memorializing into a piece of legislation things that the government should not be doing, should not be forcing telephone companies to do, et cetera. It's still going to be bulk data collection, this time just done by the telecommunications companies as, quote, agents of the government. So, you know, if you go to Amash, Amash has got detailed criticisms, but he's basically bribing or threatening. He's, you know, he's got his own, you know, veto, so to speak. But, you know, he, he's threatening everybody and saying, oh, you know, we're not going to be able to fight terrorism if you don't give me the toys I want. He wants his toys. And also one thing, sorry, be, because of his dereliction, he knows we will get hit again. He knows that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, in, in one sense, he's relying on in order to say, I told you so. Meaning he understands that he is not, he has not done his job. He knows listen, we'll listen, get hit. listen to these quotes from him. He says, I don't want us to be in a situation in which for a certain period of time, those authorities go away and suddenly we're dark. He says, heaven forbid, they we've got a problem. Listen to him. He says, heaven forbid. Yeah. He says, heaven, heaven forbid, we've got a problem where we could have prevented a terrorist attack or apprehended someone who was engaged in dangerous activity, but we didn't do so simply because of inaction in the Senate. Um, hello, gumshoe investigation. Um yes. Search warrants, 
you know, a lot of the, a lot of these guys have been caught because FBI people hang out in these online chat rooms, which are open to everybody. You don't need a search warrant to hang out in an online chat room. You don't need a search warrant to properly monitor Twitter for ISIS sympathizers tweeting out home addresses of people that they don't like. You know, you don't need, you don't need even a warrant to do that stuff. No. Sounds like one of Al Capone's thugs saying, nice country you got. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. Right. 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 But I do well, think good. that there's a good point there with the whistleblowers. I think I think that there would be at least, even if it's a tiny minority, but there's some percentage of people in those agencies that if they got some kind of a deliberate uh, attempt not to protect people, that they would blow the whistle and that that potentiality might be enough to stop. Obama from doing something like that. You know, you would you would think that something like that would be so scandalous that it would turn him into a lame duck president immediately. If he's not already, I mean, one of the stories we I just kind of skipped over it over at the blog today is that even Democrats have been bucking Obama on the EPA's water rule uh, that they decided that his his rule is uh, is no good. So. Um, I think yeah, that sorry. there is. They, they want to no, but they want to survive po- politically. A lot, a lot of these because they would do what he does, but they want to survive politically. He's he won't he won't be running anymore. They will, and this is why they. This is why Democrats sometimes do things that are semi-rational because they're still intending to run, and you can't do you can't be Obama fully if you want to run for office again. I mean, Obama right now is doing things that 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 he didn't do last time. It's 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 so funny because I can't I can't remember the context, but he actually found himself forced to make the statement, you know, I want what's good for America too because I'm going to live in America after my presidency is over. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) my God, can can you imagine? Because he he knows that so many of us suspect him of doing things that are not good for our country. No, but he knows. He knows he's been doing things that are not good for our country as well. He knows that consciously. I mean, he's got he's got secret he's got secret service for the rest of his life. He's got the equivalent of what Garrett Wilders has to run around with all day long. But you know, most of us, uh, in order to get that kind of security, we do it ourselves. You know, we go to the shooting ranges and we take self defense. You know, there was a, a Bill Whittle video in the last week, week and a half, or something. And it's just called Be Prepared. And Bill Whittle says, hey, we're in a whole different world where now post-Garland, I, I don't think he mentioned Garland explicitly, but he did imply it. And, he, you know, he's saying you've got to, you know, take your gun classes and be, you know, very skilled. You have to, um, you know, learn how to be vigilant when you're going places. You have to take self-defense classes. And then he was also talking about earthquakes and things like that too, uh, which is amply true. But, you know, he just calls it be prepared. And, you know, Obama, he doesn't have to worry about being prepared. He's got all these people being prepared for him. Never. And not um, a lot of these politicians will not do what their, what their job is because they'll be protected. And this it's, it's, it's that mentality where they feel they have a cocoon around them. No matter what happens, so they're not going to do. I mean, especially if they're evil like Obama, they're right. not going to do what they have to do. And also, he has a family. I mean, you think about how indifferent he is to his daughter's future in this country. Maybe they don't expect to live here in the future. I don't know. 
but it's, just, it's, it's incredible that he is damning their future. By I'm not sure he's capable of thinking in that long of a term. I doubt it. You're right. <laughs> but still, objectively, really? that's, that's what's happening. Right. He, he right. is really hurting his daughter's future and all ours, of course. Now I've I've got another I've got another caller here on the dashboard. Do you mind if I put you guys on hold and go ahead and no. let someone else get in? So I'm going to go ahead and see if I can effectively do that with my tools here. Hi, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is uh, Dan Harris. How you doing, Bosch and Amy? Hi, um, it's ju it's just me on the line now. I've got Bosch uh, on mute on the other line. But do you want me to bring him on? Did you want to ask him something? Well, I just wanted to appreciate his drawing. Uh, I just absolutely love it. And uh, I have one hanging in my office uh, for everyone to, who cares to see. It's. Uh, I was wondering if uh, he ever makes a professional print for sale just to let me know I'd like to buy one for myself. Um, Bosch, isn't it true that Pamela Geller is making the prints for sale? She's making uh, – thanks, Dan, by the way. I appreciate that. She's making uh, T-shirts, uh, I think, I think posters, uh, a, a calendars, um, a number of things. So as far as I know, she is, because uh, it was part of the deal in the contest where basically she would be able to make the merchandise. I'll get the, the you know, the, the the winner will get the prize money, and then she makes the, the merchandise out there, which is totally That's you great. know that that was part of the deal. So as far as I know, she she is doing it, but I'm not 100 sure. I know she's doing calendars and t-shirts and some other things. Sure, that'd be great. Just if you wouldn't mind linking it maybe to one of your notes page sure. whenever that's available. Yeah, you know, uh, it's um, it's just it's just PamelaGeller.com. Yeah, yeah, it's available okay. now. And I, I think she has posters, uh, posters, calendars, t-shirts, and some other stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it's, it was, it was something else being involved with this. It was great. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing this issue to the forefront. I've been sort of um, you know, supporting a drawing on Facebook, uh, any way I could. I appreciate um, it. And I'd like to make three points, if I may. And I, I guess I can't. I tuned in late, so I'm sorry if they were kind of made already. Um, okay. The uh, so I listened to Pamela Geller and Chris talk, and that was it was it was good to see that someone was at least advocating for I guess our side. I would like to yeah. have seen her, I guess, make the point more clearly the distinction that you know the government refraining from violating our speech is necessary but it's it's not sufficient for free speech you know i, I guess um iran did a really good job explaining uh you know free speech is you know being able to say things without threat of force and so really the government needs to do more than just refrain from you know from doing you know creating laws refraining from violating our speech they need to create laws to have others refrain and so, you know, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know that any new law has to be created to do that. But no, what our government no, needs to firmly do is just enforce the existing laws. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm concerned about all this. Uh, this I don't know if this was this wasn't recent, but uh, they had brought up like hate speech issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm concerned that they might possibly that might gain some momentum and possibly reverse some of that. But. Um, I, so I don't. I don't see. I don't see how that would work, though. Um, you know, because of the supreme, the Supreme Court's recent holding in the Westboro Baptist Church case was unequivocal. I mean, as far as I understood, it was 
you know, avert, you know, landslide as it goes, maybe something like seven, two or something. It was not a close ruling at all. And the speech at issue in the Westboro case, of course, was some of the most hateful derogatory stuff. But, you know, if they're going to try to come in and do something, you know, a law against blasphemy, then you're talking about establishing religion in some way. And you, I don't think that the court is going to be sympathetic to that either. So I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. What I see is a whole culture of people who are willing to censor themselves. And I, I think maybe that's yes. even worse, Sorry. you know? That's, that's, uh, that's the poison. That right there is the big problem because we have a culture right now that is trying to influence us to shut our traps. And from the media to the government to every form of, I mean, institution after institution after institution is trying to make us stop our ourselves from saying things. So that's exactly right. That is the danger. That is I the agree. big poison. That That is what dictatorships do. They make the individual shut their mind down. And that's what that's what they're trying to do. And that's why when we get, you know, when, when we do these type of things, these, this is uh, blaring out the truth about something evil. And we should be able to do it. And we, we still are able to do it. But there are enemies out there that really just want to shut us down. And if they can't do that, they want us to shut ourselves down. And that's the poison. And that is what they're trying to do. My second point is kind of where I think they're gaining momentum and in, in succeeding in that. And that is, I think Pamela and whoever I guess speaks on our side needs to do a better job from separating ourselves from just being provocative for provocative sake. I think the people that are trying to shut us down are sort of painting our position into a corner where, you know, we're just being provocative because someone said we shouldn't do that. Therefore I'm going to do it. And that's not really what I think your cartoons about. And I don't think that's what Pamela Geller is actually trying to achieve. I, you know, you guys are basically using your freedom of speech to communicate that there's an evil ideology that is basically saying that we're going to enforce our beliefs on you, whether you like it or not. And, you're right. basically in an artistically and in my mind genius way, it, just articulating how evil that is. You know, with the raised sword, uh, basically. Uh, you know, so I just, I think we just need to separate ourselves from just being provocateurs from provocateurs' sake. And I think that's what the corners are trying to paint us in. And you know, we have the message. I just think we need to make it more clear. I, I know what, I mean, I, they, well, uh, well, let me let me so ask you how how do you how do you think Pamela did in that clip because she said look this cartoon is making a political point she she did emphasize that of course you know he's a snake but i do think that she yes. did her By best way, you know to, to to make you, the right points mis- sorry one second you were mispronouncing his name his name is chris coma <laughs> chris coma <laughs> yeah because Pamela told him snap out of it you know because he right. right. he's the guy snap no, out of it it's a cartoon this guy who said that hate speech is not protected under the First Amendment, and he tweeted out there the imbecile. What an idiot! Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and Martin no, but... Science said free speech is hate speech. Hate speech is free speech, especially to certain individuals who don't want to hear it. This is just, just this is just the way it is. And look, provocative for provocative sake, people do that, and sometimes, like I just tweeted, I said, I said I'm too sophisticated to say F U C K Islam. I mean. I said that because, I mean, it's just, it's almost, it's it's a funny way of saying it. But what I mean is we are at war and uh, the the enemy deserves everything we got. They're killing us. So if if it's perceived as only provocative, so be it. I don't care what they think. 
I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give everything that I have. I mean, my only tools are my ideas and my drawings, and I throw it out there. Right, right. But, I mean, he, you know, the, it, it is much more than just provocative. It is a substantive critique. And, yeah. actually, your cartoon itself, the cartoon itself is nothing but substantive critique. I mean, you know, I, I was saying this before. It's like, you know, if you say that this cartoon is like needlessly provocative, you are revealing your view of, you know, right. basically what is offensive. That's all you're revealing because it is making a perfectly legitimate point if you believe in, right. in freedom. But so, so I was going to ask, no, but I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to ask Dan. So what did you think well, of Pamela? When the media hides it, they're trying to suggest that it is, you can, you should not look at it. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's offensive. It's terrible. And that, and that's That's why I like that. She said, Hey, go, you know, go, go look at it. Go look at it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And I know, but I mean, what, what, so, so, but I mean, what, what, what was, what was missing? What was missing? I guess whenever Chris painted her into a corner of just being provocative for provocative sake, I think if she just would have acknowledged that that is not, that is, that is not what we're, I guess, doing, and then basically describe the distinction that we're actually not just being provocative for provocative sake, but we're actually identifying and communicating via cartoons that there are certain evil ideas being propagated against us and that they wish to use force to impose their ideas on us. And that's what this cartoon is communicating. And and so, you know, some people will be provoked and offended, but, you know, since when did and that was actually my third point. Since when did offense trump everything? Especially when Absolutely. you have evil ideas like these out here. Absolutely. Right. Look, look they, can, they can get as pissed off as they want. They can, we can provoke them emotionally. When, once they step into act, acting on their anger, then it's over. They have mm-hmm. crossed the line and they are not respected. And, of course, the media and the culture is respecting them by saying, ooh, we can't do this because they might react the way we know they're going to react. And it's a sick thing because, again, when, when you're at war, you expect the enemy to come and kill you. This is not something new. They didn't do this. I mean, they did. You know, they committed 9/11. Why? Because because the religion tells them to kill us, to butcher us. There's no everything else is pretext. When they say, oh, it's because we were in Saudi Arabia for for, for too long, they don't like that. Everything is pretext. Uh, what's what's the issue with uh? It, it's like when they blame Israel. How about Kashmir? India and Pakistan, does that have to do with No, no, and does and, that and that's, with, with 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 cartoons? No. Right, but that that was another thing that I really liked about Pamela on CNN there was that she said, Well, where does it stop then? You know, if yeah. we you know, if we say, Well, we're not gonna draw the cartoon because they find that offensive, then they're gonna say, Okay, the way we dress is offensive or the fact that right. we eat during we eat during Ramadan, right. that's offensive that's and on and on or and on. Or drink, right. Or drink. Right. right. So, I, you know, it, it, it's, it, yeah, I, I think what you're looking for, Dan, is maybe just like one sentence that where she really nails it and not only says the cartoon makes a political point, but she states what that political point is. Yeah. Right. And, and that's and it. maybe the purpose but, of what their contest was, too. Yeah, that would have been. I think that yeah. she's just not had said it clearly enough, at least to at least basically ward off all the speculations that were just provocators for provocators. 
But, you know, I mean, she did, you know, she said he's comparing it to nigger and, you know, go see the cartoon yourself yeah. because this is, you know, a what, cartoon what that a, makes a what political a statement. Thing for that. What a desperate rat for compared to, to the N-word, you know? I, I think, I think any honest... For provocator's sake, I can see why he would say that. If that's what he thinks, but okay. but, but he doesn't think. Well, and I, what I always thought would be fun to do to these people, I mean, not what always thought, but it, it feels like always for the last few weeks, right? But what I thought would be fun to do to these guys is is to ask them, what did you think of the cartoon itself? Yes. Do you find it offensive? Yes. You know, descri- describe your critique of the cartoon and let well, them like say what they think about the cartoon. If I go on a TV program and pop over my shirt and have a cartoon on my T-shirt, how would the host react? In all seriousness, he'd probably would cover their eyes or jump out of their seats. Yeah. Because they're terrified. Again, they have made this cartoon far bigger than it should have been. From the terrorists trying to kill us over it, from the TV media hiding it, it's become a symbol of something. It's like it's, it's become this thing that must not be shown. Far bigger than it ever should have been. It's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I believe me, I'm not dis, I'm not disvaluing my own work. I love my work. I'm proud of it. But what I'm saying is, they have made it bigger than it should have ever been. Oh yeah, I mean, like if if those two jihadist guys had not shown up, we would no. not be talking about this right now. No. Um, I mean, in a way, those guys have have opened up this whole debate about the importance of free speech and the dangers posed to freedom they of expression. By, you know, like you were saying, Dan, people other than the government, um, we have people other than the government who are trying to get us to relinquish our right of freedom of expression. And I don't think we ever thought we'd be in this place in our country. You know, it's worse than that. They're trying to impose their ideas on us. Yes. They're trying to make their norms our, no, our norms. And that has to be fought to the death. (sighs) Well, it's a it's a, a sobering idea. Well, I thank you, uh, Dan, for calling in, and also question or comment. I guess sure, sure. Go ahead. And go I ahead. Respect maybe to get the answer, maybe this episode, but maybe I'd like to look into it. And that is, I I tried researching where it's said in maybe Sharia law or the Quran where drawings aren't allowed or or where, no. where is this like it's, it's not it's not in the Quran. It's just. It's just this, this idea where there should be no idolatry in Islam. Uh, Muhammad or no one can be worshipped. It's all about Islam. It's all about the ideas. It's all about Allah and his words. That's it. And okay. so but it's, when this it's guy interpreted says... that way then. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, okay. it's become a norm. And when the guy says, well, it's not Sharia law, he's trying to be a technical ass. Because the fact is, if someone in the Middle East draws Muhammad on a wall and puts this is Muhammad in Arabic, they're not going to let him be... They're not going to let him be because it's not technically in quote-unquote Sharia law. They're going to arrest him. They're going to beat him. They might even kill him. So this guy, again, they're trying to trump her in terms of very, you know, like cheap technicalities. And it's just, it's a long time thing. But also one thing, historically, as I mentioned before, there have been paintings of Muhammad for centuries, especially the Shiites in particular. Uh, But this is a modern way where they're feeling their oats. They are going up against a weak West. So they're trying to say, you know what? We don't want you doing this, 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 and this. And if you do, we're going to kill you. So they're feeling it right now. And uh, that's why they're pushing us to do this. When you got weaklings on the other side. So right. today it's cartoons. Tomorrow it'll be dresses. Tomorrow, the next day it'll be uh, 
bacon restaurants, whatever, if there's such a thing, uh, liquor stores. Everything is just step by step, but the, everything is in the Quran. They, they, the Quran tells Muslims to kill us wherever they find us. Kill the infidels where you find them. It's not kill the cartoonists where you find them. Kill the <laughs> drunkards wherever where you find them. Kill right. the infidels as an end in itself. Right. Right. Now there is there is a there is an article out there. There is an article out there that talks about the origin of the prohibition. And I could have sworn I saw a link to it, but you know, if um if you go over to Robert Spencer's Jihad Watch, he probably has something on it over there. Robert has talked he's talking about the convoluted nature of it all though, because it's it's really up in the air, it's pretty woozy. But right now when infidels, when non Muslims are drawn in, that is unacceptable beyond belief. And that's why they they have to gun for us in their minds, because it's it, it's it's you know it's like wait a minute we should be on our knees to Allah and you're drawing something that we cannot accept. I mean you guys are are already renegades. You're already denying you know being being a Muslim, and and you're making fun of us on, on top of that. So it's, it's so convoluted. And when a when a child says that it doesn't matter if you draw him well that's BS. It's about depicting him at all. That's the point. You know my my. Pet theory about it. I don't know if you know that Robert Spencer did a book about. I think I think it's called "Did Muhammad Exist?" I mean, he is yeah. you know so prolific, but um, you know he actually has a theory that maybe there was actually no Muhammad that a bunch of people yeah. made him up when they you know wrote the Quran the and everything. Of who wanted to get on the religion racket. And 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 so my pet theory was the reason that there's a prohibition of, of dry Muhammad is that they wanted to have an explanation for the fact that there were no contemporaneous drawings or hmm. depictions of Muhammad. Yeah. And so maybe it just helped to corroborate, you know, his existence is right. like, yeah, he existed. It's just that, um, uh, uh, nobody was yeah. allowed to draw him. Right. right. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if there's awesome. anything to that, but that was kind of my, my little pet theory, um, but yeah, mostly, mostly it's just arbitrary. It's arbitrary stuff, like yeah, so much in religion. Right. And and again, mm-hmm. in the context of today, when we are weak and they've killed us again and again, when they brought down our towers, when they kill cartoonists, they're feeling it. They're like, wow, we can stop these guys from doing things that we don't want them to do. Well, and you know what the car- the, the cartoon the cartoon of the week, and I was uh, I think this is you know I was talking to a friend about this earlier. And it was that, what if you had, like, the Twin Towers, and yeah. you just, like, put the cartoon on the towers, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that and then you real. said, oh, that explains why they, you yeah. know, ran the planes into it, because <laughs> there were Muhammad cartoons yeah. on the towers, yeah, right? Cartoons, you know. I mean, otherwise, that's why that's would that's you do thing. that, it's like, right? It's like when they say, they, you know, the killers because cartoons, really, what happened before? What happened yesterday? What happened last week? What happened in... Uh, in Syria, in in in, uh, in uh, Iraq, why they why they cut off the heads of those people because they're cartoonists. So again, it's it's kill the infidels where we find them, and and right now, in their minds also, they have to they understand the West, they understand that we are self-destructive. Our culture is becoming increasingly self-destructive to the point where they're they're trying to say you're the reason why we're killing you, and a lot of us are saying you know what they're right, they're right, we are the reason why they're killing us. So let's stop doing things to make them, you know, kill us. Let's stop drawing Muhammad cartoons. Let's stop doing this. Let's stop criticizing Islam. Let's stop having ads where, you know, that's what they're, that's what they're, and they're tapping into that, into that weakness of ours. And it's working. 
Do you want, you know what we will do though, is I will look into the issue more to give you more of the official explanation because here we are just kind of all well, again, speculating sorry, a little all, bit. But. Just historically, it's all over the place. Keep, keep in mind right. about Islam. Islam right. says in the, in the beginning of the Quran, you have your religion, we have ours, meaning let's walk away peacefully. Later, kill the infidels where you found them. So right. some Muslims fancifully say, well, I like the earlier ones. But the, what, when the fact is, and the doctrine of abrogation within Islam says that if a later verse contradicts an earlier verse, you go with a later one, meaning all the peaceful phrases have been wiped out, deleted, in essence. So, but then some Muslims pretend, well, I want to be a Meccan Muslim, and you'll be a Medina Muslim, which is what Ayan Hirsi Ali is trying to do, which is really embarrassing, I got to say. Right. It's embarrassing. Now, it's De Debbie over here in the chat room, uh, she says, those are some sick bastards with disgusting imaginations if someone made Muhammad up. Now, actually, there is one passage. There's one passage in the Quran. It's the only one that I can paraphrase off the top of my head. Hmm. And I'm sorry if I'm going to bore you, but it actually points to the existence of Muhammad because it's one of the passages that was written entirely for the convenience of Muhammad. <laughs> And it, it's, the, it's the one where it says, um, if uh, Muhammad invites you to dinner, well, the prophet, right? It doesn't say Muhammad. But if the prophet yeah. invites you to dinner, don't come early unless you have been given leave. And then after dinner's over, make sure not to stay too long because yeah. if you overstay your welcome, yeah, is, you will sorry, annoy the Allah. prophet. This, this is a lot, like telling you this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't overstay, you know, because if you overstay, you're welcome. You will annoy the prophet. Now, the prophet won't tell you that you annoy him, but I, Allah, will tell you. So that's the paraphrase of what this passage is. <laughs> now, would this passage exist if Muhammad didn't exist? I don't think so, actually, because there's the, only mean. the one, right? One thing, also, the, the one. one thing also, for 13 years, he tried to sell Islam to uh, the Middle East. It, it, he didn't cut it. He had 150 followers tops. 13 years that's a long time he was a bust as a as a prophet oh then, gosh i've got uh, I've, I've got only 90 seconds you guys to wrap this up i'm being okay. told in my ear then right Allah now Allah told them okay you can kill and they said oh okay now it's time to kill so mm. he became thank you for calling in dan and yeah right, i will we'll look into uh, more of an official explanation yeah. in a, yeah. a future show so two or three different types <laughs> So everyone should what go over to your blog, Bosch at Sure, definitely. Thanks, everyone. Yes. If everyone, uh, yeah, thanks for calling in, Bosch. If everyone wants to continue the discussion that we're having here this evening, you can go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. And those of you who have been contributing to the Buttered Coffee Fund, I really appreciate it. Um, blog talk, I just renewed for another cycle, and so all of that has come in very handy. Um, if you do like this show, continue to spread the word with your friends. And to those of you who have been here in the chat room chiming in this evening and to Debbie, who also called, thanks very much. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.